Who raised you? Crime? Mistakes? And these motherfucking bitches? Y'all comedians know you've been biting the hate no TK on. shit for too long. TK. Motherfucking TK. Yeah. TK said, build a bridge and got over it. Want the spot, but he holding it. You controlled, he controlling it. This shit clay, he just molding it. Had to beat all of them cases. Change all of they faces. Who raised you motherfuckers? They ain't think I was gonna make it. Keep it G to a G. It's always me versus me. Never me versus him. Cause I can't be like them. Stan Latham put me on hold. But this ain't glitter, it's gold. How you gonna say no? And you don't really know who raised you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the TK Kirkman Show. Put on his teeth to the motherfucking king. And when I travel this world, I run into some of the most phenomenal people that can change your life. I met a brother when I was in Seattle at the Hard Rock Cafe. So, ladies and gentlemen, I was having um, Caribbean food with this gentleman, and we got to talking, and he was just explaining to me about the history of the Caribbean, how the food was made, and all this type of things. And before we go in depth with John, I want to talk about you, your history, your food, and what got you um, uh, interested in doing what you're doing. So just, just explain to the people that after that we'll move on. I'll tell people why we'll be bringing John in. For sure, for sure. Because I thought that was interesting, um, the stuff that you was telling me. Well, it it's important for us to know our culture and our history where um where things come from, especially when our history has been bastardized and we've been told, Oh, this is this and this is that and black folks and African Americans and just African culture period um that has contributed to the American culture has been erased and uh, forgotten about by design. Yes, sir. Um, the food that is considered American food was first served and created by the African slaves that was forced to make it and cook it. And mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. I mean, have you ever eaten um, European food? With, uh, without any um, Indian or um, Southeast Asian or Caribbean spices to it, it tastes yes, like it's blah. Trash. Right, sure does. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it tastes like trash. Mm-hmm. So when the slaves came over on the boats, we used to uh, the the women used to store seeds in their hair and in in their clothing and. Um, Spices so that they could feed their babies and their husbands and themselves when they got to wherever they was gonna go because they mm-hmm. had to grow, they had to grow whatever you know food they were going to eat, and you know, but before you know before before Christianity was forced upon them, you know they they had strict diets of we have to eat this, so they brought mm-hmm. and smuggled food to the United States shores and the Caribbean shores so that they could grow the food that they were supposed to eat, you know, for, for, for their spiritual, um, uh, well-being. Right. So those spices ended up in soul food, Caribbean food, um, 
French uh, Creole food, all of that food comes from the 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 foundation of African cooking. Okay. Okay. So now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what also is important. Like his brother was talking, he's a young kid. He's thirty-five years old. Has his own business. And, you know, when you walk into a place, you're always looking around because we always think that a white man or a Jew or somebody else is behind <laughs> the success of uh, a business, which is most of the time it is. But when you see an Afro-American man doing his thing, growing at a young age where most people, success comes later on in life traditionally, this brother and I were sitting around <clears throat> talking. We hit it off, and one thing led to another. And what I mean by one thing led to another, I was, I was asking about business, how much was his overhead, because that's the kind of guy I am. I'm a, I talk grown-up shit when I talk to people. Um, so to see if they know their business, to see if they know what they're doing. So we started talking about investing and doing things of that nature. He said, I said, uh, he said, I got a partner here who uh, said, how did you get in, how did you get involved? Uh, Did you inherit money to do, et cetera, et cetera. And what he told me blew me the fuck away. He had a partner that looked like a nerdy black guy in the corner (laughs) with a computer with his head down who does his books. What they have, ladies and gentlemen, that I want to share with you, the world, is they have a black-owned bank in Seattle, Washington, if I'm not mistaken, that if you have your paperwork together, ladies and gentlemen, if you have something that you could put on paper, because it's legit, all right? It's legit. This ain't no goofy shit where you come in with pay stuff and all that. This shit got to be right. Black-owned bank that will help. Afro-American men and women and people of color also, whites, Chinese, whatever. But right now, I want to just really give the opportunity to Afro-American men and women who are looking for a loan, who is trying to get off their feet and have someone loan them some money because you just need that break. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the man. Okay. Well, uh, let me let me um, intervene there a little bit. It's not okay. black owned bank, but okay. they uh, it, it's the Bank of Ceylon, and they are allowing us to be representatives of our people. So because they recognize that there's a uh, there's a wealth gap, and okay. we're in the community and we are of the people, and they're not sticking their hands in there and going, oh, we're gonna take over and blah blah blah. They're letting us be the brokers and the liaison between our communities and we basically they're allowing us to kind of be the gatekeepers and we're not being stingy with it. We're just saying, Hey, you have to make sure that your stuff is correct. And you know, if, if, if you need to get in front of somebody that's going to get you alone, we work with over a hundred banks. Okay. Um, and we will make sure that we get you the right loan for, um, and you partner with the right person that's not going to get you on your interest rates and make sure that um, you get you get the money that you need. We'll get you in front of the president of the bank and not a loan officer. 
That's a right. big difference. It's who you know and not what you know. Exactly. Now, does the people have to go to Seattle for this meeting and meeting from the president? Or, yeah, it has to be. you got to make eye contact with the person, correct? Yes, but um, this, the president of the bank travels as well. And, I mean, so do we. We got planes. You know, we got we got vehicles. But here's the thing. You know, after this after this airs, my man, the world is going to be reaching out to you guys. So, okay, uh, you, okay cool, cool. Okay, as long as, we, as long as we do that, okay, that's fine. So what I want to do, um, ladies and gentlemen, we want to bring in his partner, um, John Levine, correct? Divine, Divine. Divine, okay, I knew I saw an E in there, but I just got to see the D. Um, John Divine, yes. bring him in. He will also break down how this movement is going to start helping people in our community to get yes. stride for stride with the American dream. Let's, let's bring um, John in, fam. Hey John, you you on with TK? What's up, John? Okay. How you doing, my How you man? Doing? Oh, good. Sorry about good. yesterday. I know you guys are family people and got this stuff going on. I had to make sure that everybody was in a, a quiet place, and then I was getting ready for my show. Yes, sir. Right. So um, Trey was explaining to us how you guys liaison to the bank to help people get loans and how you guys will facilitate in helping people get their loans. Can you go in depth with it a little bit more? Um, sure. <clears throat> so uh, I used to be a commercial banker uh, and left commercial banking and started my own uh, commercial loan brokerage firm. Uh, okay. So basically, you know, doing, <clears throat> doing what I did for the bank except as my own business. Smart. Um, and, yeah, um, and with that, you know, banks have different guidelines based on what they can lend and how much they can lend to a person and where they land. Um, and uh, by leaving them, number one, I created freedom for myself. Uh, okay, right. But also uh, had the ability now to uh, work with more than just one bank, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I took the uh, majority of my clientele with me, and um, from that it just grew, and I started uh, contracting in with other banks um, to basically, you know, get clients at whatever stage of need they were in for capital. Right. Um, and I would uh, package up the loans, do the underwriting, um, walk the clients through, you know, this is what it looks like. Uh, to apply for a loan, um, give them suggestions on, hey, you know, this is how we should approach it. Right. Um, and then when we came up with a plan that matched their desired outcomes, uh, I would go out and shop uh, the banks to get the loan placed for them and uh, give them access to that capital. And so, you know, having been on the inside in the banking industry, <clears throat> uh, knowing knowing the underwriting process and, and what yes. folks are looking for mm -hmm. was extremely helpful. So uh, being able to provide that to clients. Mm -hmm. um, and then it kind of uh, developed and morphed. You know, it became a lot of my clients were uh, developers and uh, not too many clients in the way of startups. And I just saw that disparity in... Um, mm -hmm. 
didn't access to capital, um, and, and really, you know, it was either those clients were uh, happened to look at hard money loans, which carry extremely high interest rates. Right, or, right, right. And, um, the other avenue was really going for uh, SBA loans. Right, um, right, that's true. Which we prevented you dealing with a government entity that uh, uh, it's, it's a much more stringent process. Um, so it was like, okay, well, how do we make uh, how do we make it easy to gain access to that capital? Um, mm-hmm. And so I just started beating on doors with uh, different banks and being able to have the opportunity to sit down with chief lending officers and CEOs of banks and, and work up uh, agreements where um, I could bring clients to them and you know just staying up on what type I of love lending. It. Now, can you also take can you also take what you're doing and, and take that off onto the real estate game as well, like people who want to get loans Absolutely. for houses? Absolutely. Um, in this state, you have to be licensed to do that. So what I do is I just I know who's doing what at what bank um, on the residential side. Right. So I'll actually refer those. I'll refer those people directly to them um, because right now I can – uh, only do commercial, um, just business loans and, and commercial real estate. Okay, all right. So you do commercial bills, not houses, but you can do commercial buildings of that nature. So if I go down the street yeah, one day and I see a big building and I want it, I because say, hey, John, I got something I want to get. It's a one point something million. We put everything together and we could try to go get the building. Right, or even if okay. you're like a tenant, where you're going to lease a building and and you know your business operation, um, you don't necessarily need to own the real estate to operate. Um, right. But on the residential side, you know, I, I do have uh, avenues for that as well. So people that might find it difficult, you know, I think one of the biggest things is that um, people don't know how to find that capital. Right. And um, it's it can be exhausting and, and daunting. Um, to knock on door after door after door and just get yes, all of these no's. Um, and so being able to know, hey, this is where you've got to take it and, and this is how it needs to be presented. Here are some mm-hmm. other alternative solutions. Right. Um, I think that is uh, an extreme value added because um, we tend to take financial advice from um, people that don't know finance. <laughs> so true, yo. Yeah. So true. Uh-huh. You know, and, and it's um, you know, and, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, yeah, it's a bad thing, John. I'll say it's know. a bad thing. People know what they know. Yeah, well, people just know what they know, you know, and they're trying to be helpful. But the way that they went about something, or their their situation is is not the same. Um, everybody's yes, situation is different. Everybody's needs are different. And everybody's desired outcome is different. So um, you have to make all of those things come together. Right. Now, what is but, normal, you know, the normal uh, criteria? Going forward, what, yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, going what, forward, what, what we've really become focused on is actually uh, providing uh, black-owned businesses and, and entrepreneurs um, access to capital. Uh, right. And so a, a couple of uh, bankers that I used to work with, you know, I, I worked in a smaller bank where 
I got to sit in with the chief lending officer or the, the CFO or the CEO on a daily basis and pick right. the brain. Um, and, and that was extremely valuable. Um, and then, you know, still having those relationships where I can call up like one of my old bosses who owns the bank now, you know, and being Isn't able that amazing? To, to sit down with the CEO of a bank and be like, hey, you know, I want you to meet this person. And, 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 and that goes a long way. So, yes, sir, it does. Um, yeah, so our focus now is, hey, let's let's make sure that uh, we as a people. Now, what is normally the turnaround, um, John, in a person getting a loan? Is it a week, is it a month, or, two, or it just depends? It, it depends. Each loan is different. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on the complexity of that loan, if it involves real estate or not. Um, like, for example, you know, uh, I, I can do some of the real estate loans in, like, 45 days. Some right. The, uh, like, business acquisition loans or startup loans, those can take, like, nine months to a year. So. Okay, right, right. Yeah. And what do you normally need? Let's go to the top of head to my listeners who are listening around the world because people are going to be calling me. I got mm-hmm. fans in London, Tokyo, Dubai, and all these type of things. What yeah. is because what I need to make my um, followers understand that I don't want them calling you or Trey, and they don't have their shit together. Like they know how I am on my show. Like the because people like the front, <laughs> yeah. people like the front, right? People front all fucking day, and mm-hmm. oh, I want to do this, I'm this, but they, they, their imagination is bigger than their reality. And I try mm-hmm. to make sure people understand what reality is. That if you don't have mm-hmm. what you're about to say, do not waste your time. And that's important. So can well, you put out there? Hmm? Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm going to, you know, just say a couple uh, things as, as far as uh, minimum of what you yes. should have uh, yeah. pulled together. Um, but um, I want to say that with the caveat is that, uh, once again, each one of these loans is different, so they all require something different. Yes, right, um, okay. And, and, and part of what, what uh, we do with this company is actually walking through that process and, and showing you this is what you got to do so that going forward you know. Uh, but as a minimum, you need uh, tax returns, three years' worth of personal tax returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need three years' worth of business returns. Uh, if mm-hmm. you have returns for those businesses, uh, right. it needs to be for every single entity that you have at least 20% ownership in. Okay. Um, you need a uh, income statement and balance sheet. And you okay. need a personal financial statement, which your personal financial statement is basically a personal balance sheet. Like you as an individual have to treat your, your household as a business as well. Like you right. need to know where your assets and liabilities are, what your net worth is, and really right. have a, a true understanding um, of uh, of uh, your financial position before you can even entertain uh, looking for a business uh, loan. Right, right. So basically what you're saying, a P&L, profit and loss, correct? Um, a balance sheet, a balance sheet. It's, it's, it's more important to know where your where your liabilities and assets are and your network. Yes, sir. Um, cash, flow, cash flow is something that um, 
which would be like a profit and loss. Um, your cash flow is really money coming in and is where is it going out to. Right. Um, and we build around that to show um, to show the viability of a project. Okay. All right. That's for the good. most part, you know, for the most part, here's how the underwriting goes for, uh, from a uh, banker standpoint. If they're looking at <clears throat> whatever business venture you have, they're going to underwrite that and they're going to make sure that it can stand on the claim. That, that business income can support the debt that you're about to incur. Okay. Uh, and then they start they start looking for secondary and tertiary sources of income and as many sources of income as they can all the way down to the point of liquidation. So the next thing they're going to do is underwrite you as an individual or anybody else that's a part of that business. They're going to look at your financial wherewithal and are you in a good financial position personally to where we know you're not going to be sucking money out of the business to take care of uh, personal debt that you're incurring or mm-hmm. have more personal income or income from other avenues that if the business isn't performing, uh, can you use that excess income uh, to help out the business? And then they start looking at your assets. If we had to liquidate assets, what are those assets truly worth in a liquidation scenario? Uh, yes. And so that's how the underwriting process goes. So it's more okay. than just having a business idea or being good at one thing. Uh, the money side is a whole other thing. Right. And what I try to explain to people, because as I travel this world, I hear people tell me how they want to start a trucking company, right? And I say, well, yeah. you just can't go up to people and ask for money. And then on top of that, you never ran a trucking business, Right. This is the stuff that I do all the time. People want to get into business, but they take a risk in thinking that they can just have this idea coming to some money and start a business. And I always tell people that if you don't know how to run that business, get somebody who knows how to run it. But you can't take money and start a business if you haven't started in that business from the ground floor up because you're going to lose. And I consider myself a really smart man, right? But when I hear what you're explaining about uh, the death of business and what you really have to know, this is not a game. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a game. So when you see people really doing it, you're gambling with your life, right? With your well-being and your family's uh, well-being. You know, you have to be able to step into the dark and, 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 and make that move uh, to become independent. Um, but at the same time, like, you can't do it all. Not One person doesn't know everything. And, and so right. you surround yourself with people. Um, you surround yourself with people that are adept in the areas that you're not, you know. Right. Like, um, people don't want to pay for uh, um, the accountant or pay that lawyer uh, to draft up their uh, documents, but those are things that, like you gotta, you gotta bite the bullet on that and make sure that those things are right. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's like one of the one of the things that I encounter a lot is uh, clients will tell me like, you know, your fee is too much, and I'm like, I'm the person that you should want to pay first because I'm the person that's going to get you the money that you want. That's right. That's true. You're right. Damn. Duh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, you can always take care of the person that brings the money. 
Right. But, you know, um, and that being said, I actually have all this, you know, I've, I've been able to work out some contracts with banks to where um, they actually would not even have to pay me with certain institutions. Um, the, the bank splits the fee that they would normally charge the client just because I'm bringing them the business. Right. Uh, like the bank pays me and, and the client gets the same pricing as if they would have been there. The difference is they don't have to beat on 52 doors. Right. No, I, I totally, totally respect that. I just find it very fascinating because I feel like I'm in a class at Harvard right now and really respecting when you see Ben's warehouse, people who run in their business and people who thrive in success, they have a great team around them um, to help them like you. Now, here's my question. Do you also find investments to invest in? Yes. Okay, because uh, I think so that's what I, I, yeah, I want to do. I'm not licensed, I'm not licensed to uh, broker any of those types of deals, um, but I will always put people in front of opportunity. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of uh, what Trey and I uh what Trey and I are really trying to create uh, here at the Church Shack is uh, this platform uh, and, and hub for community culture um, and, and really putting people in, in contact with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Networking. So you mean you want to become? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Trey. What 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 we're trying to do in Seattle? Um, at the Georgia, we have a lot of implants from um, the tech industry because we have Amazon and Microsoft here and yes. Boeing. Uh, right. We have the, like top three companies in, in the world with Starbucks, Starbucks, Microsoft, and um, Amazon here in Seattle. Born and raised here in Seattle, even Costco. But wow. we bring in so many implants um, from other cities. And Seattle mm-hmm. is not a black city at all. Like, right. Oh, black yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But every year we are getting more black people from other cities that are chocolate cities right. that are in the tech industry. And then mm-hmm. when they come here, they don't know. They don't feel comfortable and they don't know where to go and who to talk to and, and who to meet. And we're trying to be a cultural hub at the Jerk Shack where they go, I, all I got to do is go to the Jerk Shack and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run into somebody that I can um, chop it up with and yes. feel comfortable and um, possibly do business with in the future um, because it's not the turn-up spot, but it's somewhere where uh, I'm going to find other black intellectuals and eat some good food and be able to um, – and right, because the food, because the food is uh-huh. amazing, fellas. Let me tell you, and, and I don't know what y'all put in your fucking food, but it lasts a long time. <laughs> like I had whatever That's I had was, yeah. The, 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 I don't know what was in the food. It was delicious, right? But what was crazy? I wasn't hungry till the next day. Hey, it's all, it's <laughs> like, all it love and me. That's what it is. Man, and what? Now, Trey, do you remember what I had? Yeah, you have yeah, yeah, lobster, white fish, lobster, white fish, and grits, and and I can tell you what made you not want 
anything else or not be hungry the next day. And that's the okay. reason why I kind of don't eat throughout the day is because it's called you are satisfied and you, 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 that, that's it. Like my job is to make sure that you're satisfied with yes. your meal where like you look at something else and be like, nah, I don't want to eat that. And right. so your body goes, you know what? You got to eat. Like you, you have to eat right now because you have nothing in your body. But if, right. if, if, if normally people on the run all the time, like me, you and John, we, mm-hmm. we, we're like, we got to force ourselves to eat. We got to force ourselves to eat. But me, I go, I'm not going to eat anything until I know that I'm going to be satisfied and happy right. with right. what I'm eating. Because I really enjoy, I, I'm like, here's the thing. When I come back to Seattle, I'm looking forward to coming to your restaurant. I appreciate that. I'm being for real. I'm looking forward to coming back there to sit down in your restaurant and really have a good time because I'm working with some um, programmers up there for an app that I'm creating, and one of the guys is there. So I've just been doing my little thing on the low um, and and making my uh, introduction with it in about a year. So a year from now, we'll be ready to um, launch. I just got to keep things really low-key. But what was extremely important, John and Trey, was to share this information to people around the world. Now, how can people give you guys a call, go on your website, um, to send you guys an email, ask questions, um, so we can move forward? Well, um, you can get in contact with with us, both of us, through the Jerk Shack website. Um, okay. Now, given this, yeah, now spell it, spell it, because people are dyslexic. Yeah. So make sure you spell it out, then the website, then give the address, and you don't have to give your phone number on it because I don't want people just calling you, calling your um, restaurant. So if you just have, just have an email that you can reach out to and they can email, because I want them to email you, that way we'll know that they send my series to take the time to send an email. And then once you read your Correct. emails, and then you see that somebody's seriously, then you could give them a phone call. Because like I said, I do things with credit with people around the world. And I um, sometimes my people who I put on, some of the people waste their time. And what I want my fans and people who listen to the show to understand what I'm doing with the show. I talk everything about from relationships to credit to banking to give people opportunities and, run, and give you people access to the people who I run into that can change your life if you have the proper credentials to move forward. Or if you know somebody that got the proper credentials, bring them in, talk to my people, and that person can get the loan for you, and you could go into business as long as you do the right thing. That's important. So go ahead, Trey. Give them that information, please. It's, um, you can contact us at uh, Jerk Shack Seattle. Dot com. Um, there's an email link on there that'll go directly to us. And um, but that's that's we have another one as well. John, do you want to give that? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, it's just my name and then 2016. So John at Gmail. So J O H N dot D E V I N E two zero one six at Gmail. Right, and that's important. Exactly. Let me spell out Jerk Shack. Let me spell out Jerk Shack. It's 
J E R K S H A C K Seattle S E A T T L E dot com. Right. Now ladies go ladies and gentlemen, go today, go to Jerk Shack's website. Look at the tremendous food that you'll see this young man doing. Now here's what's crazy, ladies and gentlemen. These young these are young men in their thirties doing they motherfucking thing, and I was truly impressed, truly impressed. This is a great opportunity for you guys. Yes, sir. Oh, may, may, may I do one more thing? Because uh, we just we, um, built a new website that doesn't have a okay. lot of pictures on it, but if they go to the Instagram, they can see everything. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, that's fine. It's just Dirt Shack Seattle um, um, on Instagram, Dirt Shack Seattle. And it's, they can see all the beautiful food. And see yeah, a lot of amazing. And beautiful them. women okay. catering, guys. I'm sorry, um, Trey. <laughs> beautiful women at the bar. Beautiful women at the host. Um, voluptuous women. The shit is off the chain. But go ahead. Uh, I had to put that out there. Yo, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, all, we also, we, we also um, like I said, we're trying to push the culture forward. And we have a mural going up. So if you go to the uh, Instagram, you'll see... What's being created right now is a um, meeting of Nikki Hustle and Bob Marley meeting in the afterlife. And right. Woo. Done. Um, done tomorrow, and it's it's it, man that mural is fire right now. I wish we could see it right now because um, you know it, it's going to say prolific love. It's our prolific love mural. And right. Okay. We're going to have a black black wall of fame um, outside of the. Um, um, Dirt Shack, and we're going to have some other murals, but they'll come um, after we get the approval for it. Okay, cool. I'm going to send you guys my picture. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you guys my picture. Uh, right? So you can have me up there. And I normally don't have my picture everywhere. Like, I'm really low-key with the stuff I do around the world. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but uh, something like that in Seattle, I would love it. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in Seattle, jerk check. If you're trying to get a business loan uh, and, and try to get off the ground, these are the guys you want to meet. On top of that, let me I'm give some plugs real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, me and the great Eddie Griffin is performing at the Virginia Beach Funny Bone. Now, what's so great about this situation is really it was my weekend, they moved my date around to accommodate Eddie, which is cool. So they gave me a Thursday night. They get Eddie Griffin Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I will be at all shows promoting my show. Um, this is just one of them. I call this one of them historic weekends because very seldom do you get two phenomenal headliners all in the same week. So what I'm going to do yeah. Yeah, what I want to do, everybody, is let me give you all the number so that you can um, call to make your reservations at the thing. And I always do this every week when I don't have the shit ready, but it is what it is. Hold on a second. Virginia Bingo right here. All right, so the phone number is area code 757-213-5555. Call, make your reservation, 
for Thursday night to see T.K. Kirkland. Matter of fact, come all weekend. Come Thursday night to see T.K. Kirkland. Come Friday to see T.K. Kirkland and Eddie Griffin. Come Saturday to see T.K. Kirkland and Eddie Griffin. And then Sunday you see T.K. Kirkland. It's going to be off the chain. Then the following week, if you're in the tri-state area, this is the one, the Breakfast Club presents. T.K. Kirkland, T to the motherfucking K at Caroline's on Broadway, October 26th. That's my hometown, the Tri-State area, Jersey City, New Jersey. I'm truly proud to be back home. We're going to set it off. And then we'll start making announcements that same week about my special. We're going to announce it on the Burkers Club. That's the launch date to do your pre-orders and all that because I have my own network now, thank God called TK.network. I'm truly proud of it, and it's just a great opportunity. With John and Trey now in uh, in my circle, I got big plans for all of us. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is I'm sharing my opportunities with you. Take advantage of it. Make sure you have your documentation together. Make sure you live life to the fullest. And uh, as Big used to say, sky's the limit, baby. Let's take advantage of these great opportunities that we are putting out here to you in the universe and try to succeed. Um, John, Trey, I love you guys, my man. Thank you guys for working with me. I know we supposed to do this a couple of weeks ago, but I have been sick. And then some other things that came um, to the forefront that I had to put up on the show for life and death situations with some people that I put on the podcast. But this is a great opportunity, and we'll do another one in about six or seven months. Um, I want to thank you guys for your time. I truly appreciate you, okay? Yeah, I appreciate you too, brother. All right. Hey, Ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome, my man. To Tokyo, to um, Dubai, to Compton, California, to Jersey City, New Jersey, you know I love you. Live your life to the fullest. This is T.K. Kirkland, a.k.a. T. to the motherfucking K. And may your pain be champagne. Salute, gentlemen. Salute, fans. Shout out all the comedians. Myself, I'm stacking these blueprints. Shout out to Flint, my girl Lisa Young, Doobie, City of Light Skin. Yo, shout out Jersey City, the crib, the motherfucking streets worldwide. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland for more information about upcoming events and more. Visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.